Welcome to Rise Above Your Mind, a podcast dedicated to education, advocacy, and support for topics related to mental health and all challenges and obstacles that are found in the world today. Welcome back to another episode of Rise Above Your Mind. Today we have a special solo episode where I'm going to talk a little bit about my mental health journey and all of the challenges and obstacles that I have faced in my own life that have helped me become the person that I am today and led me on this path of creating this podcast and becoming a mental health advocate. My mental health journey is a bit of an interesting one because I never really had any symptoms of anxiety or depression when I was younger. It all kind of started towards the end of middle school. The event that really started me on this journey, and I just want to reinforce the fact that I in no way, shape, or form am blaming anybody for any of my problems. They are just something that occurred, something that happened. And it's a part of my life that I've had to learn how to live with, and it's a part of me. It's something that I wish that I didn't have to deal with on a daily basis, but it's who I am. It's who I'm always going to be. And once I was able to accept that, I was really able to kind of accept the role of being a mental health advocate and doing my best to support others in every aspect of their life in the best way that I could. My mental health journey began when my parents got divorced. It was the first time that I ever had these feelings like I was unloved, like something was my fault. I developed these feelings that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't enough to keep them together, that their love for me wasn't strong enough to keep their marriage intact. And I blamed myself for a large portion of that that time in my life and I, I developed these feelings like I I didn't feel like I was enough to keep my family together which looking back on it now I have four siblings that I love to death I have two parents that have since then gone on separate paths and have both found great happiness in their lives and it was something that needed to happen it was something that made everyone's life better in the long run but has a you know, 11, 12-year-old boy, I couldn't see that. And so I felt like I wasn't good enough. I had these feelings of worthlessness, being unloved. That's when I first started to develop these feelings of depression in my life. These feelings became more common. You know, it wasn't just when I was thinking about the divorce or thinking about what I was going through. It became more of a constant feeling of, sadness like I just couldn't escape this void and it was just eating at me every day and I didn't understand why I felt this way I had never dealt with it before I'd never learned about it and so I would sit there and I would just be like okay I'm sad it is what it is I just have to keep being sad and I didn't really ask anyone for help I hid it from everyone my family had no idea I really only talked to maybe one or two of my closest friends about how I was feeling. But other than that, I just kept it all in. Now, my depression turned into depression and anxiety as I moved from middle school into high school, which 
was when things really started to get worse. I developed anxiety. I was overwhelmed by the thought of high school sports, high school academics, having to go into this next stage of my life where I'm going to be growing up and having all of these new challenges in my life. And I became so anxious about it because I was constantly questioning what next was going to go bad. I was constantly in my mind about everything. I would sit there and I'd go, okay, things are going great right now. What's going to happen? What's the next bad thing that's going to knock me down a peg? And it became so overwhelming that I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know who I could talk to, who I could trust. I didn't even know what was going on in my own head half the time, which made it even more difficult. And this pressure that I put on myself of balancing sports in school where I had to play soccer, I had to play basketball, I had to play every single day, I had to do something. And then on top of that, I was taking AP classes, I was challenging myself, taking college courses as well, because I had set these high standards for myself that I knew I wanted to attain. But in setting these high standards for myself, I challenged myself mentally to the point where I just couldn't take it anymore. And that's when things really took a turn for the worse. These feelings of worthlessness and not being good enough and constantly questioning when the next bad thing was going to happen continued to grow. And they didn't just grow to the point where it was eating me alive. They grew to the point where I didn't want to deal with it anymore. I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to go to practice. I didn't want to eat. I just, I just felt so alone. I felt like nobody in the world knew what was going on. I felt like I just couldn't deal with this anymore. And that's when I first started having suicidal thoughts. And just a trigger warning here that I know this is a sensitive topic. I know it can affect people who have dealt with both personal loss or these thoughts in their own life. So feel free to skip this section if that will make you most comfortable. January 14th, 2016, September 16th, 2016, and April 12th, 2017. To most people, those are just three random days. Three days that they woke up, ate breakfast, went to school or work, came home, enjoyed the night, went to bed, and did the same thing the next day. But to me, those three dates have a special meaning on my life and where I am today. On each of those three dates, I attempted to end my own life. I didn't want to tell anybody what I was going through. I didn't want to be a burden on the lives of those around me. And I just let it consume me. I felt like I had no purpose. I felt like there was nothing I could do to change the path that I was on. And I attempted to end my own life. Fortunately, my best friend Jenna saved my life. She was there for me. She supported me. She was everything that I needed in those moments. And I still don't know how to thank her enough for everything that she's done for me. I wanted everything to end. I wanted the pain to end. I wanted it to go away. I didn't want to feel like this anymore. And it was so difficult for me still after those attempts. And my family didn't even know that I had attempted to end my own life. I hid it from them. The cops came to my house once 
after one of my attempts when one of my friends called them and I told my parents that I had no idea why they were there, that it was a lie, that I don't know why they thought it, they should call the cops, that I wasn't in danger of hurting myself. And it was all a lie. I just didn't want them to see that weak side of me. I felt like it was so weak. I felt like I was just not enough. And it continued to eat at me and eat at me. And still only a small amount of people knew what I was going through on a daily basis. Unfortunately, on September 22nd, 2018, one of my closest childhood friends ended his own life. I didn't know what to think. I was with him the day that it happened. I was playing Euchre and other card games with him and some other friends in the library during school that day. And that night he went home and took his own life. And it was the toughest time because I blamed myself for not being the support that I should have been for him. I felt like I put personal responsibility on myself for not helping him escape what he was going through, even though I was going through the same thing and didn't talk to him about it. I still remember I was just sitting there on the couch crying, crying my eyes out for hours on the day after. And I just, I felt so numb inside. I felt this overwhelming feeling of, this can't be true. There's no way that Garrett's no longer with us. And I, I blamed myself. And I know that I shouldn't have. I, know, I knew in the moment that I shouldn't. But I still did. And it just got so overwhelming. But despite what he was going through and despite everything that had happened, Garrett's dad, Mike, reached out to me and it changed my life. When I saw him at Garrett's visitation, he came up to me and said, hey, if you need anything, you have my number, give me a call. And that one interaction changed my life. It saved my life because I thought in my head, wow, this guy is dealing with one of the worst situations possible. And he is holding his head high and being a support for those around him. And that was that moment that I realized that that's what I needed to do. I needed to support. I needed to be an advocate. I needed to use what I had been through to help others who are dealing with the same thing. Later in that year, Garrett's dad created an organization in Cedar Rapids called Project SAFE, with SAFE standing for Suicide Awareness for Everyone. I immediately wanted to get involved in this organization. Garrett's dad asked me if I would be willing to be an executive board member for Project SAFE and speak at our first panel event. This event was actually hosted at Prairie High School, the school that I was currently attending and would eventually graduate from. Initially, I was terrified because there was going to be hundreds of people there, peers, teachers, faculty, people that I'd known my entire life and that I'd hid my struggles from. And for the first time ever, I was going to share my story. This event changed my outlook on life and inspired me to become the mental health advocate that I am today. I spoke in front of a crowd of roughly 400 people at Prairie High School, and afterwards, I had so many people that came up to me and said, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for helping change lives. Thank you for this and this and this. And it just, it made me realize just what a presence I had and just how fortunate I was to be in a position to make a difference in the lives of others.
As my senior year ended and I looked on in remembrance of everything that Garrett had done for me, I knew that I couldn't stop this. I knew that I couldn't just let this part of my life end. I knew that I needed to keep fighting for change to be a mental health advocate at the next level. Unfortunately, as I got to college, my anxiety was higher than it had ever been. Although I went to school only 15 minutes north of where I grew up, I was in a completely new environment, and I felt completely alone. I didn't feel like I fit in with my teammates or like they understood me. I didn't feel like I fit in with my classmates or like they knew what I was going through. Unfortunately, as I got to college, I fell into old habits. Just two weeks into my freshman year at Co., I was told that I was going to need knee surgery, as I had torn my meniscus and was going to need a two to three month rehab recovery. I couldn't play soccer, and I felt like I wasn't really a part of the team, because every other guy was out there battling every single day, and I was on the sideline. I was doing rehab, doing recovery, icing, and they were out there fighting for each other, with each other, and I just felt like I didn't belong, which only made things worse for me. On top of how things were going on the soccer field, my anxiety and depression continued to get worse off the field. I fell back into the depression that surrounded me at the beginning of high school, and I felt once again like I had no purpose, like I couldn't do anything right no matter how hard I tried. Soccer had always been a coping mechanism for me because it had been my release from my mental health struggles. But once that was taken away from me, in the midst of the ongoing problems I was already dealing with, I completely fell apart. On top of the fact that I wasn't able to play, which put a toll on my mental health, I put on a lot of weight throughout my injury and recovery process because I couldn't work out at the same rate that I normally would while I was in season. My anxiety continued to get worse going into my sophomore year because everything once again was changing. For the first time in my life, I was fully healthy going into a season. And honestly, it terrified me because I had that voice in the back of my head telling me that something was going to go wrong. I was fortunate enough to play an entire healthy sophomore season. Despite the fact that I only featured in about six or seven games, it felt so good to just be out there playing with the team, practicing every day, and challenging the starters. I finally felt like I belonged on the team and like I was a part of something. And it made me so happy. And that feeling really helped me overcome some of those struggles that I was dealing with. Unfortunately, everything came downhill as the spring semester started to unwind. The COVID-19 pandemic hit about halfway through the spring semester of my sophomore year. And it put a massive strain on my mental health. For anybody that doesn't know me, I'm probably one of the most social people you'll ever meet. I love meeting new people, interacting with others and just spending my time around other people, hanging out with friends, family, really anybody. And as COVID hit, I could no longer do that. As much as I love my family, I was forced to be home with them for about six months straight, and it just took a huge toll on my mental health because I couldn't have my friends, my teammates that supported me while I was at Co. And I once again found myself in this hole where I felt like I wasn't good enough, like I couldn't do anything right, and it continued to eat at me to the point where I genuinely felt like I was so alone, like the most alone that I had ever felt in my entire life. Fortunately, as the semester ended and summer came along, I started to feel like myself again. I developed routines, I started eating healthier, working out on a daily basis, and I was blessed with an amazing support in my life that kept me going every single day.
Going into my junior year at Co, I felt like everything was starting over again. I had to deal with the COVID pandemic. Our soccer season got pushed back to the spring. I had online classes. I was a resident assistant, but I couldn't interact with my residents. And it just felt like such a weird time. I felt like I couldn't really be myself in the way that I needed to be and the advocate that I could be. Fortunately, that's when the hidden opponent came into my life. One of my closest friends on campus, Dexter, introduced me to the hidden opponent after he became a head campus captain. He knew that I had been a huge mental health advocate on campus through the Student Athlete Advisory Committee and various other local organizations and reached out to me to see if I would be interested in joining their campus captain program. Immediately, I was like, yes, I need to be a part of this. This is something that will help me make a big impact, help me change lives. And I knew that I had finally found my people. Like these were the people that would help me reach my full potential. And that was exactly what I needed at that point in my life. Honestly, the hidden opponent saved me in more ways than I can even begin to describe. THO is a national student athlete mental health organization that is dedicated to providing support for anybody and everybody who needs it. As a campus captain, I didn't really have the biggest opportunities right away to make a difference, but as I continued to grow in the organization and make as many connections as I could, I was fortunate enough to be offered an intern position in January of 2021. Since then, I have given talks to various universities and colleges across the country and worked with some of the most amazing, incredible, and inspiring individuals that I've ever met in my life. Over the past eight months, The Hidden Opponent has honestly become a second family to me. Every day that I wake up and feel these overwhelming thoughts of anxiety and depression, I know that I have an incredible support system behind me that will help me overcome them and be the best version of myself. This story of my journey doesn't even scratch the surface of everything that I've been through. Because if I wanted to talk about everything that I've been through, this podcast might be 24 hours long. As much as my mental health struggles have challenged me every single day since I was that 10, 11-year-old boy just trying to find himself in the world, I know that they have helped me become the person that I am today, and they have helped me determine the person that I want to be every single day for the rest of my life. Being a mental health advocate And it's not just about being a mental health advocate. It's about being an advocate for just general well-being. It's about inspiring the people in your life to become the best version of their self. Inspiring those around you to just take a second and think about what they want to do, what they want to be. One of my favorite quotes that I hear a lot being a teacher is, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And it's absolutely true. As stressful and painful as schoolwork can be sometimes. When I'm doing my mental health advocacy work, when I'm building these connections, when I'm providing support for the people in my life, when I'm recording these podcasts, it's so freeing. It's like I finally found something that allows me to be my true self, that allows me to make the difference in the world that I want to make, that I know that I can make. And the more people that can find that potential, the more people that can understand who they are and who they're supposed to be and find something that they love to do every single day, the better our world is going to be. As I reflect back on my journey, many of the challenges that I've faced are challenges that I would never wish upon even my worst enemy. They are challenges that constantly made me question whether I am good enough, whether I will ever be good enough, and what I would have to do in order to be good enough. 
And those are questions that you don't want swirling around in your head 24 hours of the day. But there are questions that helped me to get where I am today. And as I look back on everything that I've been through, I couldn't be more thankful of the support that I've had through people like my best friend Jenna, my parents, my siblings, and everybody else that's been a part of my journey. I couldn't be more thankful for who they have helped me become. I feel like parts of this have probably gotten a bit repetitive, but it's something that's so important to me, something that I'm so passionate about, and something that I want to inspire others to do. I want to inspire others to be the best version of themselves. I want to inspire others to speak up about their struggles, to change lives with their words, to teach the next generation that it's okay to not be okay. The stigma around mental health is so damaging because it makes people feel like they're weak. It makes people feel like there is something wrong with them and admitting that there's something wrong with them will only make them weaker. But that's not true at all. Admitting that you're struggling is actually a sign of strength. It makes you a better individual because you understand that you still have so much more to grow. And that is such an amazing feeling. I want people to know that no matter how alone they feel, no matter how difficult life is, no matter what they're dealing with, whether that be anxiety, depression, an eating disorder, any form of challenge or obstacle in your life, you're not alone. You have people that want to be there for you, that want to support you, and that want to show you the path to becoming the best version of yourself. And once I was able to realize that I wasn't alone, that I had these people in my life that wanted to help me grow and become the best version of myself, it changed my life. It changed my perspective on the future. It made me want to have a future, which is not something that I can say I always had. If there's one thing that I want you to take away from my story and my journey through the challenges of my mental health, it's that you're not alone. It's that no matter what you're dealing with, no matter how overwhelmed you may feel, there's always going to be a tomorrow. There's always going to be another day for you to wake up and say, I'm going to tackle my anxiety. I'm going to tackle my depression. I'm going to tackle my eating disorder. I'm going to tackle whatever may come my way. Because once you have that mentality, once you realize that there's people that want to support you and be there for you, it becomes so freeing. Thank you so much for those of you that have listened all the way to this point. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope that I have inspired a few people to speak up about their mental health journeys and to become advocates to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm.